All right. See you guys. That was our awesome uh, magic container theme G folder thing. <laughs> so, no, it will not be an hour of me holding things on my head. But uh, yeah, I thought that would be a fun way to start. This is uh, super weird, talking when there's nobody else here to talk to. So, if you don't mind, I'll be looking off camera slightly every once in a while uh, because I am looking at the chat or looking at the forum or whatever. But uh, glad I, I was having a lot of trouble getting the chat actually working, but I'm glad that it seems to be working now. So, hello and welcome to this Ask Paul Live uh, because just Ask Paul Not Live would be boring because I mean, then I would be I'll be just sitting here in this empty room talking to the camera without, you know, the chat and stuff. So, there we go. Hi, guys. Uh, so, um, I think we can just start in right away here. Uh, you guys made lots of awesome questions in the forums. I haven't looked at them that closely, but I've been sort of keeping an eye on it, making sure that there are actually things for me to answer. So, let's do this. I'll try to, I'm hoping that like there's a lot of questions here, but I'm hoping that since it's just one person instead of like going down the line, uh, it'll be a little faster to answer stuff. So uh, I will just uh, read out the question and attempt to answer it in whatever way that I feel is necessary. So if it's a dumb question, <laughs> you're going to get a dumb answer. Or if it's a silly question, you're going to get a silly answer. But if it's an interesting question, then I will attempt to give an interesting answer. All right, and I'm going to try. I think, I, I think what I'm going to do is answer all the questions uh, from the forum first. Actually, I think I'm going to, now that the chat is working, I think I'm going to lock the forum thread and answer all the questions from the forum first, uh, and then I'll start taking questions from the chat or if there's any other places. So let me just first quickly do that. By the way, if you just noticed there how quickly I locked the thread, that's because us people who actually run the forum have super moderator tools. And there's just a little button I have to push to lock the thread. Haha. <laughs> that's why we can always get in there before the lock. All right. Uh, so let's see what we got going on here. All right, uh, so yeah, you guys can go to the forum and follow along here if you want. I will, uh, you. so, uh, Avistu uh, asks, uh, how did you figure out you could sing the Gypsy Rover so well? Uh, so the Gypsy Rover, I guess uh, that was like two years ago where I sang it first time at Desert Bus. Um, the, so the first thing is um, I sing to myself a lot. Uh, it's just something, a habit that I picked up. So usually when I'm by my, when I'm by myself, like when I'm walking anywhere or stuff, I tend to hum or sing to myself. Um, and so, and the the song Gypsy Rover is a song that my mom sung me um, when I was a kid. It's a lullaby. Uh, and then, and so it was a song that I really knew. Um, but then, and, and then, 
uh, when I was sort of an adult, uh, I found a version of it uh, sung by the Limelighters, um, who are uh, a really great sort of old uh, folk music uh, group. Uh, Glenn Yarborough and the Limelighters uh, is was for the, in this particular one and sang it, and it really brought back the memories for it. And so I put it in a sort of a concerted effort to memorize it, um, which for some reason I have a pretty bad memory, but for some reason, songs are one thing that I can memorize quite well. Um, you know, if, if I could memorize uh, lines for Loading Ready Run videos as well as I can memorize songs, then it would make uh, filming a lot quicker. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, so yeah, the Gypsy Rover is just a song I know, and it's one that I've sung to myself a bunch. And uh, and I I you know I I like folk songs like that because often they tend to be sort of in my vocal range. Uh, or you can sing them in whatever vocal range you want. But uh, and uh, I signed that one originally because somebody wanted them. So somebody wanted me. Some somebody wanted somebody in the room to sing a lullaby, and nobody else knew any. So I sent that one. I don't know if it's really technically a lullaby, and it's as I have pointed out many times when I talked about it. It is a terrible song uh, if you actually take it as advice, because it basically says uh, if you're a young woman uh, to leave with a guy leave and leave your life behind uh and go uh, go away with a guy who can whistle really well uh because he'll probably be a prince come on uh all right next one uh do you speak any french uh, uh je parle un petit peu de français uh, mais mon français est terrible uh that's i i can speak a little bit of French, but uh, I was actually in French immersion because, uh, so Canada is a bilingual country, French and English, um, and so uh, our schools have um, optional French immersion train teaching, um, and I did that for the first uh, five years, since up until grade five, or grade four, sorry, I was in French immersion. Um, and so I find that I, I, I have a reasonably good accent in French, uh, and I can get a gist of what other people are saying. Like if I'm on like a bus and people are talking in French, I can get a general gist of what people are saying, but uh, I can't speak it fluently, and I certainly can't write it. Um, actually, a funny story with French. Um, so I, I was in uh, French immersion for a while, and then I changed schools, uh, and so I did. Um, and so, but then I changed schools, and there was just like a French class, and it was predominantly, you know, English courses. But then there's there's like a French class, as like a language class. And so I did the. They put me into the advanced French class because they assumed that I would be good at French because I had been in French immersion. Um, and then they did. The, I got my first uh, uh, like vocab test back, and I did really badly on it. Uh, and the teacher sort of talked to me after class and was like. You know what's what's with this, Paul? You know you're you, you didn't do very well in this vocab test. Was there something wrong? Uh, and I was like, no, I just I can't spell. If you go and look at my English class, I also do badly in <laughs> English spelling. So the French, yeah. So I I never I can't spell very well, and I spell even worse in French. But I think I have a sort of a a little bit of comprehension of stuff. Pomme de terre, a little pomme de terre, a little. Jacques Chirac, little pomplemousse. Uh, there's actually, uh, if you want, there's an amazing um, uh, Eddie Izzard 
uh, thing where he, there, one of his uh, really great stand-up specials, um, he did in English, and then he also did it in French. He learned not only enough French to be comfortable, but to actually make jokes in French. And it's interesting to watch this French, the French version of his stand-up show, because after you've seen the English one, you can sort of get a general gist of like, oh, he's telling this joke, but some stuff is sort of a little different things. Very cool. Uh, the chat seems to be a little... <laughs> okay, maybe I don't have a reasonable accent. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, how long did you train for things on my head? Did you even train at all? Uh, I did not train at all for things on my head. Uh, I guess that is just something I have a natural talent for. Is standing still. I guess I'm good at being still and not doing anything. Like... I think some people are more sort of fidgety than I am. Like if I want to, I can just be totally still. But I, uh, I guess so. I guess that's useful for things in my head. But other than that, not a big, not a lot of training here. There's no sort of rocky montage for things in my head. And the balancing, I've tried to things in my head. Like I try things in my head is not really supposed to be about the balancing. Like it's not supposed to be like this amazing feat of balancing that I'm doing. Uh, so. But, so, it's not, like, I try to choose things that are actually balanceable. Like, it's not supposed to be that impressive that I'm balancing. It's just, you're not supposed to be distracted by that. It's supposed to be more the, the whole looking into the camera and sort of really, really uh, looking at somebody for a long period of time. Uh, do I miss the beard sometimes? Uh, sometimes, when it's cold. I do, you probably see me in behind-the-scenes videos or maybe usually in videos. I do this a lot just because it's a habit I picked up when I had the beard. I used to, you know, it, it would all the hair goes this way, and so I used to sort of fluff it up and then put it down and stuff. Uh, so uh, I, I guess that's, that's a habit I picked up, and it'd be, and it's nice to, it was fun to play with, but it was a pain in the butt to maintain. Like, a goatee is, like, the worst combination because you have to, like, trim it like a beard, but then you still have to shave, and you have to still, you know, keep it really tight and stuff, and so... I don't think I'm going to keep, I don't think I'm going to grow it back. Although, I may grow it back at some point. Like, I'm not totally dismissing it. And it will only take maybe two or three weeks to grow it back. Like, it's not, I, I tend to grow hair pretty quick. Uh, all right. I, will, I won't actually read out, like, the little preambles that people talk about. But I will, uh, uh, I am not going to be playing Magic today, I don't think. Uh, well, no, maybe later, but not on the air. Uh, all right. Since I'm bad at spon... Oh, sorry, this is Square One asks. Uh, since I'm bad at spontaneity, if I do get the privilege of meeting you at an event, what any topics of conversation you'd prefer? Um, you know, I'm also bad at spontaneity, so... Or, or in terms of conversation, so... Uh, if... I'm happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know, if you want to talk about uh, videos that you particularly liked, or or stuff you'd like to see in videos, or um, I mean, we what's really fun is is like you know stories about about videos uh, or about you know watching them and weird circumstances that happen. Like, I well, I think one of my favorite meetings that I had at a convention is down at PAX. We were just uh, sitting in uh, in the cafeteria and eating and stuff, and um, a uh, uh, and this uh, 
a person came up to me and was like, hey, I really love, you know, love Loading Bay Run, love your videos. And he said, oh, thanks. And it turned out this person's um, dad worked at the Large Hadron Collider, like actually worked uh, at the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, and they had seen the LHC video that we had made. Uh, and apparently it had been like sent around the office and stuff and they really liked it, which is really awesome. That's like one of my favorite videos that I've written. Uh, and so I'm so glad that they liked it and that's just super cool. Oh yeah, actually, uh, interesting thing about French, sorry, going back, but interesting thing about French in Canada. Um, so like I was saying, we did French immersion and stuff. The French, like um, French, like France French and Quebecois, which is uh, the French spoken in Quebec um, in Canada, is actually a different language. Um, Quebecois has quite a few differences from French, from France French. Um, and the weird thing is the, the French that we learn uh, here on the West Coast in BC in uh, French immersion training thing is France French. It is not Quebecois which theoretically should be the language we're learning to talk to the rest of Canada. But those are people are weird that way. And as I think some people have mentioned on or guessed from the chat, um, the my because my formative years were in French immersion, um, basically any time in a learning made run video there's like nonsense French or uh, references to Quebecois um, uh, uh, you know, festival like Bonhomme or something like that. Um, that's probably me <laughs> because it was such a, I was, you know, I was in French version at a formative time in my, in my life. And so I find that sort of broken French, uh, like combining, because uh, combining sort of English and really terrible French and that kind of stuff, I find that hilarious. Um, and I'm aware that maybe other people don't find it quite as hilarious as I do, uh, but I still keep trying to put it into videos. Um, there's a video that I wrote two or three years ago, actually, um, that's basically all about, uh, uh, it's very referencing Quebecois stuff, uh, and it's, it's about les voyageurs, uh, and the coureurs de bois, and, uh, the fur trappers and stuff, and we haven't filmed it yet, partially because it's difficult to, it has some difficult stuff to shoot, and partially because... I don't know how much enjoyment other people will get out of it, but I think it's funny. Uh, all right, let me continue on here. Uh, so, uh, second question from Square One. For on guard, as an example, the back and forth between the two guards is very snappy. You talked a bit uh, about the stage direction earlier podcast, but I was curious about the dialogue writing process. Do you have any particular references you used, or has it just come naturally from hanging out with many witty people? Um, I think, I mean, it's the definitely hanging out with people and, uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the times in podcasts and stuff that a lot of videos come from ridiculous conversation, conversations we have and stuff like that. Uh, but the, how I write videos is, which I think is maybe different from how Graham or Kathleen or other people write videos, but when I'm writing, I am constantly saying stuff out loud because I find that, because one thing you find that when you're writing videos is that stuff that works written on the page doesn't necessarily work when you're saying it out loud because the cadences can be off and certain words are hard to pronounce or just sound off, you know, sound doesn't sound like something someone would say. 
Uh, and so I'm constantly um, saying or, or repeating what I'm writing um, out loud to myself. Um, and so that's, I mean, I sort of, I, it's sort of a, a weird, uh, how I write videos is that they're basically all me, <laughs> which is, might be weird. I don't know. I don't know how other people write it, but, um, so like when people, uh, when, when we're, when I, we, I write the video and I give it to the rest of the crew and we sort of go through casting, it's doesn't, uh, people are like, who do you want to play which part? And because every part, when I was writing it, every part was me. Uh, I find it difficult to, to, you know, decide who should be who. And so it's just sort of, well, sure, you can be that person and I'll be this person and you do that. Um, so I don't know if that really answers your question, but uh, I don't have any particular, like, reference thing I use. I mean, I guess the reference is hours and hours and hours and hours of sketch comedy I've watched and also written at, at this point. But, uh, but also, you know, I, I watched lots of comedy and that kind of stuff. Uh, all right, question three from Square One. Is Commodore Hustle, if the Commodore Hustle versions of yourselves are less capable and more crazy, what would versions of yourselves be like that were super competent but still comically flawed? That's interesting. I mean, I think, uh, like, I think there, there's, so a few years ago um, when 30 Rock first started, there was another show on TV at the same time called Studio 60 on Sunset Strip, um, which was by Aaron Sorkin. And it was another show about a, um, a, a Saturday Night Live type show, right? And the difference, well, I mean, one was a comedy and one was a drama, but one of the big differences between them is that uh, in in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, the guy who is supposedly writing uh, the uh, writing the sketches, played by Matthew Perry, was supposed to be this like amazing genius. Like the people are constantly like in awe of the uh, of his ability. And then of course they have to every once in a while show a sketch that he writes, and it's just a very like pedestrian sketch, like one he did is like a Gilbert and Sullivan parody and stuff. And it's like because the problem is in order to, you know, write, in order to believably make him this amazing sketch writer, you have to actually have an amazing sketch writer writing sketches, which is harder than it sounds, harder than it looks, or harder than it seems like it would be. Um, whereas 30 Rock, of course, uh, TGS is a terrible show, right? Like, it's always, you don't, you only ever see little bits of it, but it's always explicit that the TGS is a terrible show. And that's sort of the direction we went for uh, uh, that, that sort of direction we went for Commodore Hustle and it allows us to do I, I think more jokes like we sort of make fun of uh, the thing that like uh, Graham and Paul and Commodore Hustle whenever we need something for them to be talking about like at the beginning like in a sort of immediate res beginning of the scene it'll always be about like how to add more fart jokes into a video or something or like what kind of fart jokes we're going to have or whether it's going to have like pooping and you know it's always like the lowest common denominator stuff that's not to say that we haven't had farting in Loading Ready Run videos, but Commodore Hustle videos are even more farting. And it's always like whenever you, see, whenever you see us shooting stuff behind the scenes in Commodore Hustle, it's always like the vulgar thrusting motions or various other silly things. And I think that works better. Um, and it just it results in more 
you know, people being bad at their job, I think, results in more sort of comedy of errors type stuff, right? If people are really good at their job, uh, then it's sort of like, oh, maybe we should just be doing what our fake versions of us are doing if they're so successful. It's not as good. Uh, actually, by the way, studio, I actually really liked Studio 60 in the Sunset Strip. Um, it was a little, it got a little sort of soap opery. Uh, near the end of the run, but I actually quite liked um, Matthew Perry and uh, uh, I forget who played the um, the other writer guy, but uh, uh, there's this my favorite there's there's this great sorry, I will digress a lot here, but there's my favorite bit is in the first episode I think they're they're sitting and contemplating whether they're going to actually like take this job as he's going to be head writer and and the other guy's going to be producer and it's like you know are we actually going to you know give up this other project that we were working on and do this job. And uh, uh, and it turns out the reason why they can't do this other job is because one of the two guys can't uh, can't do it because he like failed a drug test or something. And so he sits there. They're sitting there, and he goes, "Come on, you, you should you should do this movie that you want to do without me. You know, you could you could find somebody else. You know, you could get you could get somebody good." Uh, and then he goes, "No, I don't want anybody else. I want you." Uh, and then the first guy goes, "No, no. The the line should have been." I don't want somebody good. I want you, right? So these are two old comedy guys, which I like a lot. Anyway, Bradley Whitford, is that the guy? Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay, next question from Elman Shaw. Uh, should this segment be called Poking Paul to keep the tradition? Uh, sure, yeah, I guess this could be called. I mean, it, I, I purposely did this, the, the sort of doing it as a video and doing it live um, because I... I think I prefer doing it that way, you know, rather than having to type out, you know, if we're doing this, rather than typing out all my answers, uh, that takes way too long for me. Um, I, and I sort of overthink it too much. So I think this is a more accurate portrayal of me, I guess. Um, actually, yeah, they brought Mark McKinney on board, of course, one of the kids in the hall, uh, near the end of the run, which... Uh, you know, if they brought him at the beginning, maybe it would have been better for Studio 60. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, this could be called Poking Paul. I like, I like Ask Paul. I was actually thinking my, my original name for this was either Ask Paul, all one word, or Ask and Paul, because if uh, Alex used to do the Ask and Alex stuff. So I was like, rather, rather than Ask and Alex, it was Ask and Paul with the A-N just to infuriate people. Um... If you're involved in a sitcom with two magic cards, ones you'd love to be made real and one you'd hate, how do you think it would go? Hmm. Okay. So, okay, how about, how about here's a sitcom, a, a sitcom with magic cards that I think would be entertaining to watch. I don't know if I wanted to be, you know, uh, to actually like, you know, be in that world, but, okay, so, this is a, another question from Elman Shaw, by the way, um, so, when I was a, when I was a kid, um, when I first played Magic, before we started playing again, my favorite deck that I had was the Cobalt deck, um, and Cobalts are a, a basically a terrible, like, they're a, a zero-one creature, so, a completely ineffectual creature, but it costs zero to bring out, so, it's free to bring out, but it doesn't do anything, and so this deck had tons of those guys. And so it would just go, blah, and come out, and they all, like, go on the board. And then I'd try to, like, enhance them and do stuff. It wasn't a very good deck. But I really love Cobalts. They're, they have a, a, a warm place in my heart. And so uh, 
and and so I was thinking, so if you if were like a sitcom premise, you have like have like an apartment or or a, a duplex or something, and so on one side is just filled with kobolds, which are like you know they're like goblins, but even smaller and even less useful and even rowdier, uh, and then the other side is like I don't know maybe like Ruffalos, the <laughs> the uh, the the elven uh, I forget what even what he's called what is what his actual like designation is, but uh, the guy he gets he he taps for uh, one green for every forest you haven't or one green for every creature you haven't played or something ridiculous. Like he's a really good card, but the picture on the card he's like one of my favorite pictures of any card because he looks so happy. And if you know anything about Magic the Gathering, uh, the or or sort of the, the the not the know anything about the game, but sort of the the lore about Magic the Gathering. It is a really nasty thing. You know, it's a sort of idea of there's like this huge sort of pitched battle going on between these two planeswalkers sending in forces to die and stuff. And you see Rofalos, he's like walking through the forest and he's super happy. And <laughs> and uh, it is, <laughs> he does not know what he's getting into. So, okay, so they're either they're roommates or maybe they're like housemates. So there's like 20 kobolds in one place and Rofalos is on the other place and hilarity ensues. That's my sitcom. Um, if you had the, uh, so S.A. Jewers, that's, or Sad Jewers, I don't know, however you pronounce that, um, asks, uh, if you had the ability to attend CES and or E3, would you? Um, I mean, I sort of, I have the ability in the sense that I could go and there's loading ready run as various contacts that we probably maybe even could get like press passes and stuff, but no, I don't think I don't think I would see like E3 in particular um, is not a it's like a it's a it's not a consumer show right it's a it's a journalist journalist and um, internal sort of industry show so anything like interesting that comes out of it is going to be report reported on everywhere and I don't really see that much benefit to sort of seeing it live. I mean some of the like cool like Cirque du Soleil style presentations that I've heard about in the past would be kind of cool to hang to check out but uh, it's just you know such a huge thing for and like the whole like you know waiting in line to play video games and stuff I'm not that interested in doing. Same thing with CES. I think those kind of shows like in all, in some ways you almost get better coverage or you learn about it better not uh, like not attending and just like looking it all up because like when you're there you're like wandering around the show floor and waiting in huge lines and you, you only see like a tiny fraction of the stuff that's there whereas if you're just at home and you're just casually oh let's see what's on you know joystick or Engadget or whatever uh, and then it's you know you can see immediately see all the good stuff that's come out of it um, and sure you know maybe you don't get like the hands-on thing but if it's something that's really good then uh, you know that you'll be able to mess with it when it comes out, and if it's something that isn't going to come out, then it's entirely pointless. So who cares? <laughs> um, he uh, also asks uh, if don't know if you're going to talk about it on those games we played, but what are your thoughts on E3 this year? Um, sort of like I mentioned, I E3. I mean, it's it's actually an interesting thing because we we were we did um, checkpoint um, for this coming up Monday. I won't spoil too much for it, but 
it's we have this weird checkpoint has this weird relationship with E3 because of course it's a source of a lot of video game news, but the kind of news that comes out of E3 is not actually the kind of news that um, is useful to checkpoint. It's just like this game exists. Here's a demo of it. This game exists. Like this isn't like funny stuff or stuff that's absurd and ridiculous. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I saw some, some of the cool stuff that I saw with like Watch Dogs looks super cool, which everyone's talking about. Um, and uh, some, you know, there's some of like the the um, trailers for new new trailers that have come out, um, like the one for uh, the new um, Metal Gear Solid game. Looks ridiculous. Doesn't look like a Metal Gear Solid game, but it looks like kind of a weird, cool, fun game. Um, how good are you at golf? How good are you at golf? Is another question, as uh, is as may be indicated by the fact that I'm here and the other guys are down at the charity golf tournament. I am not good at golf. Well, I don't technically know whether I'm that good at golf because I played golf like twice. Played mini golf a lot, but I've only played like golf, golf like twice. So, uh, not really much to um, uh, no real reference point. But I am, I don't think I'd be very good at it. I don't have any particular desire to be better at it. So, yes, golf is not something that I am that interested in. All right, uh, King Cool unfortunately will be at work, but he asks, uh, why did I not come out to PAX East? Um, I. So the reason why I haven't been to um, a lot of conventions recently is when it comes right down to it, um, I'm not I am not that comfortable around um, in, in sort of big crowds and stuff. Sort of mentioned I guess a little bit with the E3 stuff, but I'm I'm not um, uh, I don't I don't like sort of big events like that very much. Much as I like meeting um, fans and and uh, uh, and talking to people and stuff and. Uh, that's always good, but I just, um, uh, those kind of really big events, um, uh, are very stressful for me. And I, it sort of, I realized that it's ridiculous for me for, for loading, I mean, loading ready run as a company or bionic trousers media as a company, um, to send, to spend a bunch of money and myself to spend a bunch of money to go out to these various conventions when it's not something that I am getting any out of, anything out of. And I'm not, because I'm not a very, um, I'm not, not, I'm not a very sort of um, sociable person in terms of like networking and stuff. Uh, and so I don't, and it's not like I, I can't, I'm not really very good at, 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 uh, uh, trying to you know meet people and pick up new jobs and stuff, so it made more sense to use. It makes more sense to use the money that we were gonna we would have used to send me there and um, use it to split it up and send it so we could send more of the rest of the crew there, people who actually do enjoy going to those kind of events. Um, so uh, so that's that's the the deal. I I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that uh, I'm not able to. I, I'm not, you know, able to see people and stuff. Um, but I, I, uh, you know, don't, don't be, don't, don't think that I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't like you guys or anything. But it's, um, it just, uh, it seemed like a better, uh, a better way of of doing it. To to, it made more sense for me to to not go to these conventions. So. There it is. 
what is your favorite sport or physical activity that you actually take part in? Um, geez. This is the embarrassing thing because I don't actually take part in that many physical activities. Looking very run can be very physical sometimes. Um, the sport that I, I actually really like playing squash. Um, not that I've done it recently, but um, when I do do it, I really like doing. Um, I really like do, uh, playing squash. It's just such a um, such a compact. I like badminton too, actually. But squash and badminton, I like because they're very sort of compact game. Like I mean, squash in particular. You're basically like sprinting all the time. I mean, badminton too, I guess, if you're good at playing. Um, but uh, and uh, I just like the way with uh, squash is al almost sort of a video gamey feel to it. It's got that like where you just can like whack it off wall. And I like that like it's you you know there obviously is a lot of control aspects to to squash and all these kind of racket games, but the hitting stuff. Uh, in squash, you can hit it really hard. Like, you can hit it as hard as you can uh, all the time, you know, as opposed to uh, uh, something like, um, uh, you know, table tennis or regular tennis, where a lot of the time you're trying to sort of moderate uh, how you how you do it and stuff. So, I like squash. But I haven't done it in a while, which makes me feel sad. What is your least favorite movie of all time? Uh, I saw Battlefield Earth in theaters. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, least favorite movie of all time is tough. There's a lot of movies that just waste your time that I don't like. But, yeah. The, first, the one that comes immediately to mind is Battlefield Earth. That is, a, that is a bad movie, and it's a bad movie for a reason that I don't know. It's, it's one of those movies where, like, you're watching it and you're like, you know, I've watched lots of bad movies before, and you know, there's some some action and stuff, and uh, you know, and there's you can have a terrible movie and it still be like, oh, this is not too bad. But there's something about Battlefield Earth that like all the elements are there. You know, there's big fights and explosions and stuff, but it's just terrible. It's just a train wreck. I don't know why. Battlefield Earth, not good. Uh, do you see a revival of Iron Stomach Challenge in the future? Um, possibly. There's uh, it could go either way. Uh, I think it's something that we've talked about. Um, as you know from watching previous Iron Stomachs, that I'm usually not an actual participant in the Iron Stomach Challenge. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not really up to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe. No, uh, there's no particular reason why it won't, but uh, we're, we, we're busy with lots of other stuff, so... If you had a TV built into your stomach, what channel would you want it stuck on? I think like nature documentaries, maybe. Um, like the Outdoor Life Network or something. I think that would be that'd be cool. You know, it'd be you could have like uh, sort of nighttime, you know, relaxing stuff, and then you could also show people like cool like chases and fights, and, and you know, and and like. Uh, Different different animals attacking each other, or or you know, uh, really touching stories about baby animals or whatever. So I feel like there's a lot of range there. All right, Kaboom two four two asks, uh, if in the future you 
possessed the technology and knowledge to unfreeze people that had frozen themselves in cryosleep long ago, would you unfreeze them or leave them alone? I think I'd probably, I think if we have that technology that we would, we should respect their wishes, um, whatever they, you know, I, I think people when they freeze themselves like have a, um, you know, say I want to be defrosted at this time or if this happens or whatever. So yeah, whenever that thing happens. If you had to have an article of clothing fused to your body for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm assuming that you wouldn't, it would be like, not sweat, like socks maybe? I don't know. Bare feet haven't really done me that much good. Uh, maybe, but I mean, that, like, I'm assuming that your feet wouldn't then get all stinky and stuff. But there's a lot of issues with this. Fused to your body just sounds painful. I don't know if it's clothing, but my glasses. That would be useful. If you could touch anything and it would turn into an element, what element would it be? Like King Midas. If it's like King Midas and I can't control it, then, I mean, the whole point of that story is that it doesn't matter what the element is. It's terrible, right? Like, it's gold, but, like, if, you, if your touch turns things into an element... You know, it's a curse. It's the worst. It's a really terrible thing because, of course, you can't touch anything. And you can't really interact with people in a useful way. And then, and so, if I can control it, then the like turning it into gold or platinum or you know some sort of valuable metal uh, would actually be, seems like a really solid idea. If I couldn't control it, then I don't know. It, pretty much everything is bad. I don't know. Maybe like a gas. Like helium, <laughs> you touch things and they become helium and float. That's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, if everything in your life looked like a cartoon, what cartoon would it be? Um, I think I really like one of those like really nice, maybe like a Miyazaki cartoon. That would be nice, like a Studio Ghibli, very like painterly backgrounds and everything, really nice. That's what I. That's what I would want. What it actually would be, would probably be like one of those like Adult Swim, barely even considered to be a cartoon. Cartoons. All right. Uh, Alexander Ditto asks, "What is your ultimate goal in life?" Oh, jeez. Or do you have some sort of focus you want your life to have? It's uh, a pretty heavy question. Ultimate goal in life. Uh, I don't know to you know, to do something uh, do something worthwhile. I mean, I I I get pleasure out of the idea that people that people enjoy stuff we do with Learning Ready Run. Um, that it gives some people uh, it, that it gives it gives people um, happiness or pleasure or whatever to to watch our videos. I think. Um, that makes me happy, and I that makes me, you know, I feel like that's uh, the the only the sort of only real that that's the sort of um, only kind of immortality that you have is sort of the legacy that you have, and so I like the idea that that stuff that the the stuff that I am producing in my life um, gives enjoyment to other people. Um, 
so I would like to continue on with that. Um, not necessarily, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a loading ready run, but whatever I do, I would like to be, I would like to be, um, you know, making, making people happy or giving some enjoyment to people. Um, is there any issue that you, any issue or, or idea that you feel passionately about or some relatively simple thing to bring about change that you'd like to see in the world? Um, I mean, serious issues that I feel passionately about. Um, I am a huge advocate for, um, I'm, I'm a, a, a big supporter of, like, of gay marriage and uh, uh, same-sex marriage and stuff. I, it's, there's no reason that I've ever heard that would make, um, would make that, you know, make it acceptable to, to not allow people to get married when they are, to, to loving people um, should be able to do that whenever they want, uh, unless they're married to somebody else, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but they're um, so. I mean, that's something that, that you know, for real, that I I, I feel passionately about. Um, stuff that it annoys me that I guess I probably am more passionate about than it should be. I don't like daylight savings time. I think it's stupid. Uh, I don't like standards. I I don't like standards that are different in different places so and that, that, that are like arbitrarily different you know like like driving on the left hand side of the road versus driving on the right hand side of the road where it, it literally doesn't matter which one like there's no reason to do one versus the other it, but it makes it so much easier for everybody if we all agree and we haven't um, I used to work in design and so like A4 or like the the like letter legal versus the A system for letters for paper sizes where they're just slightly different. Again, it doesn't matter which one you choose. I'm perfectly happy to change to a different paper system if everybody's going to agree, but it really pisses me off that we we have two competing systems when there's absolutely no reason for it. Um, what sort of music do you like? Do you like musical theater? Do you like Stephen Sondheim? Um, I like, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, I sing to myself a lot, so I tend to gravitate towards music, music that I can, um, that I like the the lyrics to, and or I like to sing, or um, that I like the tune of, or whatever. And so I tend to sing along with a lot of music that I get. So I'm really big. F I really like um, yeah, Leonard Cohen, um, and. Uh, and you know Bob Dylan and, and sort of some and I'm a big fan of sort of folk songs and stuff. Um, not all not all stuff. I really like They Might Be Giants as well. Again, you know, great song you know great songs and also really sort of lyrically interesting. And um, they sort of sit <laughs> just the purely practical aspect is I like people who tend to sing sort of in my range of uh, of vocal tone because I tend to. Uh, I tend to want to sing along with people. Uh, do I like musical theater? I do indeed. I am a big fan of musicals, actually. Um, I'm super stoked that uh, Les Miserables um, is going to be coming out. Um, they're going to do a new version of that uh, with uh, all sorts of famous people in it. Uh, and uh, I'm sure it'll be really good. And Les Miserables is like my favorite musical of all time. So I'm super stoked. And do I like Stephen Sotheim? I do like a lot of his stuff. But not all of it. <laughs> uh, I like the uh, 
the more, I guess, uh, what we call it sort of the more like, uh, uh, um, mainstream stuff. Uh, so that they, like I said, I like singing songs. So songs that are not sort of very singable or very sort of tunish, tune, tuny, tune. I don't know. I don't really like that much. Um, what are your favorite color when it comes to clothing? Um, I quite like green. A lot of my clothes are green. Um, yeah, actually, I like the sort of dark, um, the sort of, this is a little bit, sort of more almost sort of a military green, but uh, I like sort of a forest green color is probably my favorite color. Um, also purple, like a dark purple which kind of sort of works with green, but not really. Um, is there any book you will read over and over again? There's a few Terry Pratchett books that I really like. Um, you know, the original Guards Guards, I like a lot. And uh, um, Reaper Man has probably the f funniest pieces of any Terry Pratchett book. I guess those trying to think if there are other I don't I think that's about it um all right uh next chunk of questions dear I am not moving through these very fast so much for <laughs> being faster because it's just me turns out when there's not other people to cut me off I just ramble so I hope you enjoy any word on uh so Kyogisen Sorry if I'm pronouncing names wrong. Any word on new episodes of Friday Nights? Um, that's actually, that's totally up to uh, Wizards of the Coast. We um, we did it for them, so it's in their hands. Uh, but uh, we've gotten lots of feedback ourselves, positive feedback for it ourselves, and we have attempted to pass that along to Wizards of the Coast as much as possible. So hopefully that's good. Um Related to the question somebody asked about there, about uh, up there, about super competent but comical versions of yourselves, you guys thought about doing a, doing the show that way, like maybe for a while, departing from you and Graham not being total hacks and writing or whatnot. I guess I kind of answered that, but uh, I guess we could make that change, or it could be like alternate universe versions of us, or you know, evil with the goatee or something. But uh, at the moment, I I, I quite like us being sort of untalented hacks in our, and that they're fun, it's more fun to write. Best thing to come out of E3, uh, not there's too much, sadly. That's that's the editorial from the question, not from me. Um, again, Watchdog is super, uh, looks pretty neat. Um, yeah, there wasn't, I mean, some of the stuff that's coming for the, the Wii Pad, the, the Wii U, the Wii Pad for the Wii U, um, some of the, the ways they're using that look kind of cool. And actually the Microsoft Glass, or no, Smart Glass, something like that. Something that smart glass, I think it's called. Um, that that whole initiative looks quite neat, and uh, um, looks like they're trying to do some of the same things that uh, that the Wii is doing, the sort of asymmetrical gameplay, which uh, seems pretty neat, cool. Like, and and it's a, a neat idea. I can definitely get behind that. Do do do. Um, any movies coming over the summer that I am really looking forward to? Uh, Batman, of course. I don't know if that's in the summer, but. 
I mean, and there's like you know the the Hobbit, which is not actually during the summer either. But I'm a I'm kind of a sucker for ridiculous action movies. So uh, the um, I mean, Prometheus actually just opened this weekend, and I'm waiting to see that for when the other people get back. But uh, I'm um, but I'm sure there's lots of movies coming out. I don't know don't know any offhand, but you know the standard ones, Spider-Man. I'm interested in seeing seeing where they go with the reboot and that kind of stuff. Uh, Lord Hosk asks, are you looking forward to being bumped at PAX Prime and at the Escapist Expo? Oh man, so many bumping the nights. I, uh, I shudder to think, I was actually thinking about, I don't think there's any, the data for it, but like how many packs of Innistrad have actually been printed, have actually been like made. Uh, and then if you could get that number, then you could work out the percentage of bump in the nights, total bump in the nights in circulation that we actually own, I would be I would not be surprised if it wasn't actually like a, a like a statistically significant percentage. So I think we have over a thousand now. Like we have so many bump in the nights, it's not even funny. Actually, it's pretty funny. <laughs> what am I talking about? Of course, it's funny. Um. How many people are expected at the Escapist Expo? I have no idea. Uh, it's yeah, I don't. I have, have basically no inside info on the Escapist Expo. Um, it should be cool though. That is one thing that I will be going to. If you are, then that so uh, Graham, Graham and I um, will be going there, sort of more sort of in our capacity as uh, as unskippable people as opposed to the rest of the Loading Ready Run stuff. Okay, people complaining about the time. Sorry. Oh dear. The chat is having a big argument about paper sizes. So, anyway. Uh, Kapol asks Any conventions you're looking forward to this year? The, um, not really going to too much, but the, uh, the Escapist Expo um, is, uh, is definitely going to be pretty cool. Um, and uh, I'm f I've, I've met Yahtzee once before, but I'm uh, looking forward to uh, hanging out with him again and uh, the rest of the awesome escapist folks. Um, if you could have Commodore Hustle Paul switch behavior with number, another Commodore Hustle character for a single episode or longer, uh, would you? Would you? And who would it be? I could see one of the fixed. I could see one of the fixed gadgets doing it by mistake. Uh, you mentioned uh, the the question also mentions um, uh, mentions CH Tally and <laughs> I can imagine something of like Commodore Hustle Paul and Commodore Hustle Tally getting together and Tally like crafting something incredibly insane and then Paul like bringing it to life or giving it some sort of thing. Um, yeah, switch sort of a mind body switch thing. Commodore Hustle Matt might be pretty fun to switch into, being all dickish and annoying all the, or you know, being all, being sort of pissed off all the time with people. Wouldn't that be pretty funny? Um, what are you looking forward to and dreading about Desert Bus Six? Uh, I am looking forward to. Um, you know, raising a ton of money and being, I am I am expecting to be blown away by the amount of money we raise and all that good stuff. Um, a lot of the challenges I enjoy doing, 
um, you know, the various singing stuff. Um, dreading, I mean, it, it's a lot of work. Desert Bus is, you know, it's it's a really good chunk of work and lots of sort of sleep deprivation and, and stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it is a positive experience on the whole, but is there's definitely, um, you know, I, I'll probably keep doing the early shifts like I haven't previously. So just, uh, you know, getting up really early in the morning and all that stuff. So it's definitely a bit of a grind sometimes, especially near the end, but, but it's worth it. So that would be kind of what I'm dreading, but uh, it is mitigated. Have you received any official complaints or knowing neighbors coming over during Desert Bus? Um, no, we've been pretty good about our neighbors during Desert Bus. Like where we are here is sort of in a residential area and we, we warn our neighbors before we're gonna do it so they know what's going on. Um, as people, I don't know, maybe some people in the chat might might remember this, but from a, uh, uh, in Desert Bus 2, when we were in the first moon base, um, the cops actually came <laughs> uh, because it wasn't to do with us. It was they actually like they were, they got report they they were like chasing somebody or something, and they they like uh, then they saw lights on and a bunch of people stuff at like you know two o'clock in the morning, and so they came in and uh, the cops the 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 police woman who was there was like, hey, what's going on here? We sort of like, well, we're doing a live stream, which you are now on, so there. <laughs> So I think we kind of caught her off guard. Um, has anyone been injured in a serious or noticeable way during Desert Bus? Um, not that I know of. Uh, I hurt... Um, uh, um, I think I, I, I by mistake hurt Cam's hand. We were doing like a sword fighting thing. And I hit him too hard, and I was using the actual real metal sword because I'm an idiot. Um, and so I kind of hurt his hand. Uh, I think I made it bleed a little bit, and I felt really bad about that. Um, other than that, I don't think there's been too many serious, serious damage being done. I, again, during Desert Bus 2, the moon base got damaged. Somebody kicked a hole in the wall while trying to do a barrel roll. Um... What is your favorite series to record, watch, write, etc.? Um, I quite like um, I like the whole story, um, just because it's sort of it's sort of my baby, I guess. You know, it's something that I star in and that I write usually. I mean, the last one was written with other people, but it's something that I came up with and I write and I star in and I did do a bunch of the graphics for and stuff. So it's sort of I, I think I have more more feeling of kind of ownership of it than uh, other series. I mean. Logan Ray Run doesn't actually do that many series anymore. I also really like, I mean, outside Logan Ray Run, I really like um, Unskippable. Bye-bye, Fugiman. Um, have you destroyed the moon yet? No, of course not. That's where the base is. It would be stupid to destroy the moon. Then we would have nowhere to put the orbiting underground moon base. Kapol? Kapol? Okay. Hey, Kapoor! How often do you read the forums? Um, Escapist or LR? Um, I don't read the Escapist forums really at all except for the threads for um, stuff that Learning Ray Run does. Um, the Learning Ray Run forums, I read actually a fair amount. Um, uh, you know, I, I keep track of various threads. Like, I, uh, I really like the, you know, the 
the ask a judge the magic ask a judge thread and the various ask their threads and and discussions about videos and anything that piques my interest but i don't actually i don't actually post that often but know that i am there and watching what was your favorite viral video from operation viral uh and you plan to continue doing things in my head my viral video is still probably space jump that was so good and just the the frustration was so real so visceral uh do you plan to continue things in my head uh probably not um it was you know it was sort of a fun thing to do but there's kind of there was kind of a diminishing returns thing for it with it you know i i i seem i it, it appeared that i kind of hit a, a plateau on it and so it was sort of a fun thing to do i don't know i might do it again a few few times like the beginning of this um how long do you think the Ray run will go for i don't know didn't think it would go for two years now we're like halfway into our eighth year so i i have no idea we will continue doing it until it ceases to become interesting for us to do because there's nothing really keeping us doing loading ready run except for us doing it so when it's not fun anymore we won't do it how long do you think desert bus will ride into that lonesome dusty trail again no idea like desert bus even more so than loading ready run that was only supposed to be one year and then we did it again, you know, did it again, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And every year we think that, you know, it's got to, we got to have hit, sort of hit a plateau in terms of how many donations we can get. You know, we shouldn't count next year on getting more. And then, of course, we'd like double it the next year and stuff. So I just have no idea with with Desert Bus. But, I mean, it's like Desert Bus, it's really hard to stop Desert Bus when we know that we can raise like $300,000 for sick children. Like it's it's hard to justify not doing that <laughs> teen cake or death what that's not even a question of course tea and cake most overplayed joke uh in loading ready run or just in general um i'm not a fan of like uncomfortable type humor I don't know if that's not really an overplayed joke, but that kind that that kind of humor where it's just like two people really being awkward, or one person being incredibly awkward and just to the point where you just feel really uncomfortable. I do not like that. Uh, favorite type of magic deck: uh, control, combo, aggro, etc. Uh, my favorite. I, I'm I'm sort of a very simplistic player. I or not simplistic, but I, I like you know sort of green stompy decks and stuff. I like. Uh, punching people in the face with large creatures so i like simple decks um favorite colors to play again i tend to be in the green green white green white red that area less so black blue favorite card overall oh that's so hard like i said i really like kobolds they're not good but there's there's three different kobolds that are functionally identical the Crookshank Kobolds, the Kobolds of Care Keep, uh, and the... Oh no, I don't know. The Crookshank Kobolds, Kobolds of Care Keep, and the... Oh, I don't even remember anymore. Oh, it's so sad. But there's three types of Kobolds. Um, to get around, the, 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 you can only have four of, one, of any one card in a magic deck. And so you can actually have 12 Kobolds in a magic deck, and they're all functionally identical. 
Uh, I'm sure somebody in the chat, if the chat is working, which doesn't seem to be working that well at the moment, but somebody will tell me what that third is. Um, favorite card from Avacyn Restored? Um, actually, the the uh, the actual just like av the the like the the angels in Avacyn Restored, like Avacyn herself and the, the so the Quinn's generally they called like the Powerpuff Girls, like the three uh, the three different multicolor angels are really fun. Like I like that Avacyn Restored is sort of doing not not as far that way, but sort of doing the Eldrazi or the, the Rise of the Eldrazi thing of sort of really getting, you know, allowing you to really get those fun big creatures out, which uh, often those kind of creatures never see play because it's just not, they're not viable. Uh, how did you meet Graham? We have a video about that, about like the process of how Learning Rerun started, but uh, Graham and I met in elementary school. In, uh, he was in grade four and I was in grade five. Mrs. Weber's 4-5 split class, and uh, we started hanging out. So Graham's a year younger than me, but we started hanging out, um, and then I moved to a different school, uh, and then um, uh, and then we finally sort of, and then we got sort of got in touch again and started making um, made after hours and made different videos. So there's a we did made the how to LRR. That is most of the stuff. Obviously, there's some jokes in there, but most of the stuff in that is actually true. Um, and when we decided to try LRR, uh, just we we wanted to make you know we we wanted to make funny videos, and we figured that the best way to get better at it would be to do it right. And so we did. We were like, hey, let's make some videos, and we wrote a couple scripts, and we we're like, hey, let's try. Do you think we could do a video every week? And we we're like, sure, let's give it a shot. And we did, and then it sort of became a point of pride to kind of maintain our our one video a week thing. Oh, geez, I totally did not relabel the stream. Jesus. I should do that. Thank you, somebody, for mentioning that. Wait, wait. Ha! Now it says, Ask Paul Live. I'm a dumb... I, I'm not really used to doing this all this fancy technology stuff. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, West, Wester Farmer asks, do you know where you get when you cross a Bioshock Big Daddy and a prolapsed rectum? I know. <laughs> I am not privy to the answer to that question. That, was, that is a Grim and Kathleen special. Uh, I believe the prolapsed rectum is probably a Kathleen. <laughs> I don't don't quote me on that, but uh, I do not I do not know uh, what the answer to that riddle is, but I'm sure it is nasty. What is the weirdest costume you or any other group has worn while going to shoot at a location? We did the um, um, in the second run of Rapid Fires, I think. There's the bit where of the the Warriors of Darkness in the coffee shop, um, throwing back the, you know, Brista, uh, was it? Uh, when I ordered this non-fat iced, uh, no whip vente mocha, or non, uh, this vente, uh, vente 
no calorie and I feel what it is. I specifically requested no whip, and let and yet, as you can plainly see, whipping cream flaunts itself upon my drink. You you have <laughs> uh you have insulted me for the last time, lowly barista, and you shall rue this day or something like that. I forget what it all is, but uh that's one of my favorite bits. But when we did that, um there the four of us, the Warriors of Darkness, the our our uh um our uh the moon base at the time was just sort of two or three blocks away from the coffee shop where we shot that. So we were like walking down the street, the four of us in full Warriors of Darkness outfits, which is pretty odd. But luckily there's a bunch of us, so it makes it seem like we're going to something and not just random crazy people. Do you know where your towel is? I do. My towel is nice and safe in my bathroom. What should I do with my unquenchable thirst for buying magic cards, even if I can't use them? That is a tough problem. My solution to that problem is I just don't buy magic cards at all. Like, I, as I think, I think it's been mentioned a couple times on podcasts and stuff. I don't actually collect magic. I just like I play it, um, and I, I like play. I borrow decks from people, and I, I, uh, I play like pack wars, and I. Um, play like duels of the planeswalkers and stuff a little bit um but i don't actually and i draft and stuff but i don't actually like collect magic cards just because i just want to stay away from any of it because i just do not need more magic cards in my life <laughs> um actually a good solution duels of the planeswalkers is actually like if you want to play magic but you don't want to spend a bunch of money collecting cards because duels you don't actually like you have a little bit of choice in terms of what you put in the decks, but you don't have to actually like buy new cards for the decks and stuff. So there's an, there's a really big monetary outlay once you actually buy the game. Um, I really like Duels of Planeswalkers actually. I think it's a good solution. Um, how do you feel about the increased intelligence or Elman Shah asked, How do you feel about the in- increased intelligence of spam bots as of late? It's been a disturbing trend. My suspicion is that they're not actually spam bots. That they're actually because the problem the problem is any spam protection system completely falls down against real people and I suspect there may be real people um, like not not people who are like attempting to talk in our forums but just people whose job it is to just go in and spam forums but once there's a real person involved then any captures or, or special things don't work of course because um, and just because some of the stuff I've seen like in where like I've got the their looking me run has like a special field where it's like it says like what was your first video um which is sort of a contextual thing so it's harder for spam bots to get that and a lot of the people who I'm deleting is uh a lot of the, a lot of the spam bots I see that I delete um they either they have like some sort of thing that kind of makes sense in there they've got like you know the first one or something like they, they've got something that indicates that there's sort of some sort of mind behind it you know real person behind it doing trying to do it as quickly as possible but still sort of trying uh, a real person either that or it's a very smart spam bot but i think it i think there may be real people which is disturbing because it means that it's very difficult to block that uh lord hosk asks no less than three times, you or Graham have said we would create an MTGO draft forum and link them to the main page. What gives? Uh, sorry, we uh, that is <laughs> for the fourth time. That is indeed something that we should do. Um, 
I'm actually working on um, a new, an update to the Loading Ready Run site. Not like a huge visual change, but mostly just a, a change in organization stuff. And uh, uh, I'll definitely try to roll that out as part of it um, and figure out how to get the um, the stuff from MTGO Academy and the uh, the Twitch drafts embedded into the Loading Ready Run site, just so you don't have to go other places for them. Oh yeah, some yeah, Mechanical Turk is probably the source of some of that stuff. Uh, all right. Also from Lord Hosk, um, is the is CH Paul's magic style based on your own? Do you tend to be super analytical about each and every card and its interactions? No. Um, I'm actually more on the other other way. Uh, like some of the other, like Jer and some of the other people are more sort of into the analytical aspect of of magic. Um, I think the the technical term is like Vorthos, which is the like I'm actually really really interested in the sort of lore around magic, um, which is why like I really like the stuff in Istrad and and so like I really like the lore and I really like the um, the like the um, like really silly card interactions and stuff or just like ah that's ridiculous, so yeah I'm I'm very different from the uh, Commodore Hustle Paul in that respect. What formats of Magic do you enjoy? I know you don't do Jules of Planeswalkers, but you do draft or play at the local shop. I do not play at the local shop. I don't really like playing with people who aren't my friends, like just sort of random people. Um, but uh, I do draft um, sometimes, you know, on on both on MTGO and uh, just in-person drafting. Um, and I quite like the more, like, wacky styles, like uh, uh, Arch Enemy and uh, the, the new the Plane Chase, which I'm actually quite excited about the new Plane Chase. Set. Uh, okay, so pygmy worm. Uh, first, ask about. I will be. Um, I believe Twitch TV is recording this, so I will be recording. I will put that. Figure out how to put that up in some way that can be accessed. Um, but uh, Pigmy Worm asks, uh, out of all the games you've done for Unskippable, which one did you actually enjoy playing the most? Probably Darksiders, um, which is a game we did for Unskippable, but is actually a really fun game. It was actually one of my favorite games from the year that it came out. Um, it's basically... Like, it's not a massively original game. Um, it's basically uh, ripping off a lot of stuff from... Uh, from Legend of Zelda, but like if somebody said, "Look, we made this game, and it's basically a more sort of adult version of Legend of Zelda, with bits of kind of God of War and Portal mixed in with it," that sounds like a really great game, right? Like that, that sounds like a good game, uh, and so uh, and so I really enjoyed Darksiders. May not be the most original game of all time. But it is highly enjoyable, and I'm really looking forward to Darksiders too. Um, have you seen the coverage of E3? So um, more E3 stuff, which I pretty much answered already. Why well, have you stopped doing things in my head? Uh, which asked whether I have indeed stopped, which is true. I have. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Some people are asking um, in the in the chat. Um, I locked the thread just. So that I can, I'm going to work my way through the thread first, and then I'm going to start taking questions from the chat, um, just so I don't get too far behind. Um, so uh, that's so that's why that's why I locked the thread, just so you know. Um, so I 
yeah, I'm not doing things in my head anymore. It seemed like it, would, it seemed like it was kind of played out. It, it, there was sort of a diminishing returns on it. I did like the the things on my January. I think I called it where I did one every week, uh, and that that was sort of a finale for it. Um, but you guys can, yeah, I, I did lock the thread. But you guys can, uh, what you guys can sort of read along with me to make so you know actual what question I'm on here. Um, do you have any legendary creature or planeswalker from Magic in a Loading Ready Run episode? Who would it be? Jeez. Most of the planeswalkers seem like not people I would want to hang out with. Like, they seem very serious. If they're like a nice version of there, then I would like, you know, like Nicol Bolas or somebody, because he's like my favorite guy. But I would not actually want to hang out with Nicol Bolas, because he's seems like kind of an asshole. But he's awesome. Um... But yeah, I think most of the planeswalkers would kill me. <laughs> they're like they're not very nice people. Like even the ones who are ostensibly good are still like pretty nasty fighters. Um, if you guys were able to do a comedy MTGO draft of any sets in Magic, what they what would they be? Ooh, I mean it's got to be like one of the really early, maybe like Antiquities or something, like one of the really early sets, or like or actually just like straight up Alpha or Beta or something. You know, some some really early set um, where we don't know any of the stuff in it or like some of the cards have like just crazy stupid interactions that won't that don't work properly uh, I think that would be pretty fun also it'd be fun to see them try to work that into uh, actually work that into MGGO um, GF Soliv asks, what happened to the mailbag episodes LRO was doing for The Escapist? First one went up and it was pretty funny. Um, as I, I said in the forums there, um, that was sort of an experiment that we wanted, that The Escapist asked us to do. Um, and uh, we did it and people seemed to like it, but we haven't really heard back from them whether they want us to do more. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it takes more time than, than like a podcast or something. So, um but it's sort of a different thing for the uh, the the escapist people to do. So it's you know if if they if that's something that um, the escapist asks us to do again, we'll probably do it. But uh, we don't have any great need to keep doing those. Uh, all right, Fein F A E N asks. Um, Thanks to the mailbag video, we all know why Paul is Paul. Is there will be a full music video or song release for that little snippet of the song from the mailbag video? Uh, I guess, oh, I see it's, it's the first post from Fane, and that is, uh, that is, what you saw there was indeed a clip from the uh, Rapstar 64K, where I did the full, this is why I'm Paul, uh, based on this is why I'm hot by Mims, and it is very silly, but highly enjoyable. I, I suggest you watch it. It is a good video. Um... Somebody asked, yes, will it be put online later? And yes, I will be uh, doing that, assuming that Twitch TV is recording this. I hope it is. <sighs> All right, Gap Filler asks, how do you feel when people ask questions that you know you've answered recently? Uh, I'm not too annoyed about it. I mean, unless it's been like over and over again. I have a pretty bad memory, just in general. So, uh, and I like, you know, so I, I don't mind repeating myself uh, for, you know, new people and stuff. Uh, if if you have to do it over and over again, it starts getting annoying. And for something, especially like for something that is really um, really obvious, like there's like the question of like, oh, I'm so sad that ENN is gone. You guys should do that again. 
And we're going to be like, freaking checkpoint! It's been around for more than a year now. <laughs> um, what is most TLDR worthy, particularly in Ascular context? Wall of text, plain discard spelling and grammar, too many questions or something else. Um, disregard for spelling and grammar to the point where like it's hard to read is definitely definitely makes it less interesting to to you do for a, a and walls of text can be a little daunting too. Too many questions is not usually a big issue. Like we won't skip an entire person just because they ask too many questions. Um, how directionally sensitive are the mics? Ah. Um, the the microphone that we use for most videos um, is the Rode video mic, um, just straight Rode video mic. There's a couple models now, but we've got the original Rode video mic, and it's uh, it's a what's called super cardioid, which is um, like a cardioid. Cardioid is like a regular like a like a hand microphone. It's sort of a heart shape like this. If the microphone is here, then its pickup range is sort of around. Or a super cardioid. I don't quite know what they do to it, but somehow they the it's shaped differently so that its pickup pattern is more sort of straight up and down. Um, it's not quite like a sh like a um, a really direction like a, a I don't know what they're called like a shotgun mic or a, a like a really directional mic where you you're you can like have it from like across the whole across the theater and pick up somebody singing or something but it's pretty directional so like if you're talking behind it uh, you won't hear it and we, we run into uh, that sometimes too yeah like if the mic is not held properly in front of somebody um, then the uh, uh, then the, it won't pick up the audio as well it'll sound kind of muffled like this because they're talking for the wrong spot your favorite and least favorite programming language the language I write the most in is PHP. It's like a scripting language, technically programming language, but I don't really program. Um, but uh, all of Loading Ready Run and all the websites I do are basically written in PHP, um, which is not a, I mean, I, I have no illusions that PHP is not a great language, but uh, it's, it's what I like about it is that it works and that it's compatible with a lot of different things um, and it works on basically any web host. Um, I, I don't have a lot of experience. Um, I did a project that was based in uh, ASP 1.1, um, which I'm I'm sure that the current version of ASP is great, uh, but ASP 1.1 is not good at all. It is very bad, very very bad, and so that it, that was incredibly frustrating. The sort of it's like the sort of half done in like it's like visual basic but not or but not quite as ugh really nasty. Um Matty H uh, 0590 asks um what are you gonna do after this? Uh we'll probably go home, maybe have some dinner, depending on how long this goes for. Um is Victoria a good place to live? Uh it is indeed a really nice place to live. Uh, I Victoria is basically my favorite. I mean, probably because I grew up here, but it's basically my favorite place. I really like the the climate. It's a gorgeously beautiful day outside today. It's a great day to be in, inside here talking to you guys. But uh, it's yeah, the climate here is really nice, and uh, I it's always the you know the the way I feel about it. there's like Victoria's on an island. In case you don't know the geography of the area, but Victoria's on an island on Vancouver Island, uh, and Vancouver, which is on the mainland. Um, 
is a much bigger city, but because of how the geography works with, there's a, a, a big mountain range. Um, we are basically in the in in a rain shadow here, and so Vancouver gets approximately twice as much precipitation as Victoria does. And so, as a general rule of thumb, I always say that it's whatever the weather is in Victoria, it's one stage worse in Vancouver. So if it's like if it's a drizzle in Victoria, it'll be raining in Vancouver. If it's a nice day in Victoria, it'll be overcast in Vancouver. That kind of stuff. If it's like you know snowing in Victoria, it'll be hailing in Vancouver. So I really like Victoria, but I'm very biased. And uh, I suggest you come visit. It's very nice. It's uh, lots of really nice um, gardens and stuff. It's a little bit of a tour. I mean, there's a lot of tourist stuff in the city just because all the cruise ships and stuff come in. Um, what games have you been playing lately? I've been This morning I was playing uh, Max Payne 3, which is uh, a lot of fun. I will probably talk about it on a future those games we played, but it is a, uh, a pretty sweet, pretty sweet game. Um, I'm a, I was a big fan of the Max Payne series, so uh, it was uh, it was fun to play. Uh, Lord Carroll asks, "What is the oddest request you've had from a fan?" Uh, well, the request that he gave with the join the I watch magical ponies for science on a piece of paper to send it with his shirt was pretty weird. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, people, I mean, the Blue Ray Run fans are good in that they, they're not hugely demanding. So, uh, uh, there hasn't haven't been too too weird things that we haven't been sort of happy to do. Um, we I was at a at an anime convention. We were at an anime convention one time, and so apparently there's this thing that I was not familiar with called the uh, glomping. I think it's called, which is where you like basically ambush hug somebody, which is sort of the like combination of uh, of like a positive thing and a negative thing. I guess is why it's cute or whatever. Um, but so the, so this girl came up to me and like, can I glomp you? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, then she, and then she like, yeah. So which I think asking is kind of against the whole spirit of the thing. But anyway, bye plummeting sloth, unless you've already left. Okay, um, Teeb asks. Uh, the rest of the LR crew is away playing golf. What from your what is from your perspective the best anecdote that they return with? That they like um did like a ridiculously amazing like at golf like somehow they just kept getting like holes in ones and stuff and just completely shamed everybody else. I think that would be pretty hilarious. Uh, your first memories of the internet. When I was a boy, uh, it's actually kind of cool that like I basically grew up with the internet, right? I'm, uh, I was born in 83, um, same year as the introduction of the Mac, Macintosh computer. But, uh, I, I was, um, so I, I really sort of grew up, like, I, I had a, my, you know, the computer that I had in my parents' place, um, had a, uh, had a regular dial-up modem, 14.4 dial-up modem, and I would dial into BBSs and stuff. And, uh, it was, uh, and so, you know, I, you know, type of people and stuff and it's pretty fun, but, uh, 
but they uh, so so I, I and so I you know got Netscape and the awesome search engine web crawler, which was basically the first in search engine and stuff. So I have I have a lot of memories from that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think maybe I guess it's hard. It's weird to be saying that I'm like an old timer, but in terms of the internet, I guess I am. That uh, that I was sort of around and doing stuff on the. And it, it's weird to see to see stuff sort of rise and fall on the internet. You know, websites don't that have to sort of stop being updated and eventually get sort of abandoned and go away. And you know, I had an awesome GeoCities site. That was pretty kick-ass that I had that I made when I was in high school, which is probably for the best that it is gone. <laughs> you will never find it. That's not a challenge, but I don't think you will find it. But maybe you will. In which case, it'll be well, actually, not that embarrassing. But anyway, but it, yeah, I mean, that's I I, mean, I built I built web pages for um, sort of a couple of nonprofit organizations here in town when I was young. And stuff. I don't know what particular memories we're looking for here, but uh, also says in my head you are a Trekkie. Please tell me an embarrassing Star Trek related memory. I am not actually. Graham is the one who is the Trekkie. Uh, I enjoy Star Trek, um, but I was never actually that big a fan of it. Um, especially the. I am actually not a fan of the original series that much. It's it's does not really do it for me. Um, I like Next Generation, but uh, I would not consider myself a Trekkie, and I am not really part of the that family. I haven't been to any conventions or anything, so sorry. End of page one! Dear me. Apologies if I'm kind of going hoarse here. Apparently I cut off more, more than I can chew a little bit. Well, we'll see. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking like this. Alright, uh, Shadow Step asks... Uh, Team LRR went golfing into Disneyland, and you are not there. How does that make you feel? Why don't you want to go along to California? Um, basically the same reason why I'm not going to conventions is that it's not something that I... Well, for one thing, I don't know how to play golf. So that's like a big <laughs> a big downside to me going the whole project. But also, uh, yeah, it's a big sort of um, uh, gatherings like that I, I'm not a huge fan of. So... It, it made sense for you know it's only there's four people on the golf team and it made sense for people who are actually going to enjoy it to go. Uh, have you seen the latest humble indie bundle? It's so good. It is amazing. The latest humble indie bundle. I bought one to give as a gift um, because I actually like like this would be really good except that I've actually played all of those games because and own all of those games because they are some of the best games from the last like couple of years including Psychonauts so good if you have not played Psychonauts buy the current Humble Indie Bundle and play Psychonauts I'm not even kidding it's like the best game has the most creativity of any game I've seen for a really long time um how comfortable is the chair that Graham sits in for feed dump? It looks comfortable. Um, it's the same chair as we use for Desert Bus. It is actually used to be Matt's chair. It is very comfy. It's a big leather, uh, big leather uh, comfy chair. Um, it gets when we're doing it for Desert Bus, it gets a little sweaty. I gotta say, because it's that leather does not breathe very well. But other than that, it is very comfy. I assume this is another question. How would you go about answering it?
Do you have any tips for script writing? Um, so, I mean, in terms of so script writing in general, um, take go. I mean, there's lots of scripts that you can find online in terms of the like the actual like formatting um, to get it right. Um, it doesn't really matter that much, but it's nice to actually get it right. Um, for doing comedy stuff, um, I mean, comedy is all about uh, is all about surprise and all about subverting expectations, right? So, um, you know, the, the, you can often do like if if I'm writing a script and I'm stuck in like, okay, what should happen in this circumstance? Um, what's kind of fun as a as a uh, as an exercise is to be like, okay, so what what would you expect to happen in this circumstance? You know, if the if there's a person, you know, whatever person's coming in to the pet store asking for dinosaur food, what would you expect to happen? Like, what would happen in a reasonable world is that the person would say, "No, dinosaurs are extinct." But of course, then so then what well, you find out, you sort of think, "What would happen in a reasonable world?" and do the opposite, right? And then you do that. Um, and and so that's sort of a good starting spot. But of course, then if there's the the trick with comedy is that if you keep doing that over and over again, it becomes that becomes the expected solution. And if you do the the uh, if you do the actual expected thing, you know, if you do the uh, the common thing, then that be, then then you've been doing the uncommon thing for so long that the common thing becomes unexpected. So comedy can be tricky that way. Um, I find it's it's. There's there's a weird thing with uh, with comedy. I think that after working working with um, Loading Ray Run for so long uh, and writing scripts and thinking about stuff, and uh, I think you sort of I, I you sort of rewire your brain a little bit. Like uh, I find that you know I I my mind is always uh, whenever I like see signs by the side of the road and stuff, I'm always thinking about I, it, my it's not even like I'm thinking about stuff, but my brain automatically goes to goofy interpretations of stuff or what I visualize my brain is sort of often will be silly stuff that I'll sort of laugh to myself or tell other people and things. Um, like as an example, uh, we were one time we were like driving down the road and there's just like a, a billboard sign for like a McDonald's, um, like flame grilled chicken, sand, uh, flame grilled chicken salad, which is not that funny. But the image I had in my mind, for some reason, was, you know, that the entire salad was flame grilled. So that there's somebody like with like a barbecue grilling chicken, but then also grilling like lettuce and getting like the, getting like the the grill marks on the lettuce and the tomato and like the carrots and and uh, and then like putting the salad dressing on and stuff. You know, <laughs> which is silly, right? Um, but it just sort of that. Trying to see things in a different way, I guess, in in a less in in an unexpected way, um, and seeing different sort of interaction between stuff. That is not really a tip for script writing, but that's what I got. <laughs> um, for this, knowing the in terms of script writing, knowing how long a script uh, will take to perform is very important. Um, like I said, I I, I read. I tend to read my stuff out a lot, um, but for the way, and th this will change depending on how you format your scripts, but the way Learning Ray Run forms, generally format our scripts 
um, we're usually it's usually about a, a minute a page, and so that gives you an idea of sort of whether you should wrap it up or not. Um, Shadow step at or also asks uh, why is there a lack of poll on Twitter? Uh, because I don't have anything particularly I want to say on Twitter. If I did, I would. <laughs> so yeah, I I I mean like I don't I don't follow I don't follow other people on Twitter either. It's just not not something. And for the same reason that I'm not on face I'm not really on Facebook. If you are one of my friends or if you have done a friend request on Facebook for me. I apologize that I had probably not acknowledged it because I don't ever go to Facebook because I don't care. <laughs> That's like I don't care about. It's not that I don't care about people. I don't care about Facebook, um, and I don't care about Twitter. And I just am not. I'm not really that into this whole social networking thing, so I don't do it. Dear Paul, why is it that you are Paul? Because I am. The real question is. Why is it that you are not Paul? I would I would hypothetically suppose that it may be because you're not, but that is open to interpretation. Uh, dear Doctor Paul, nice. This is from uh, question from Dutch guy. Um, do you watch Legend of Korra? And do the rest of the crew. If you do, what do you think? I have seen just a little teeny bit of Legend of Korra. I was a big fan of um, Last Airbender, so I, I'm excited to watch more of it. But I have not really gotten into it as of yet. But uh, I'm hoping in the next little while I will. I've heard that's really really good, so I'm excited. Um, any plans to make notify when this is comes back in stock? Feature of the Loading Ready Run store. I really like it when I really like to know when I can buy seasons two and three. Um, that is a thing we could probably do, possibly. I will look into that. <laughs> uh, that was Sir Admiral Memo asked that. Um, Jay Blanc asks, Dear Paul, uh, have you ever heard of Morkambe and Wise? Would you con would you consider yourself Eric or Ernie? I'm sorry, I do not know what those people are. Um, it's, I'm assuming some sort of comedy duo, but I have not heard of them. Sorry. Um, Anagram of Omega asks, uh, when have you found yourself enjoying something that most people find boring? I quite enjoy um, watching people play video games or watching people play magic. Um, I guess sort of a vicarious thing. When I was a kid, I never had, um, like I didn't have like a video game console. My parents weren't really into having one in the house. And so I and so I would, you know, go over to friends' houses and play uh, and play the thing, but also just go over to friends' house and watch them play. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy watching other people play video games or watching other people play magic and stuff. Um, I don't necessarily have a huge need to do it myself. And I think other people find that boring. I don't know. Um, Anagram of Omega also says, I was on the wiki and finding Astler questions is kind of weird and confusing. Anyone know who to talk to make it a little more organized? I believe if you go to the wiki thread on the forums, um, that is where you would bring that up. Basically, we the Loading Ray Run crew and I have nothing to do with uh, the wiki. I 
I set up the wiki, like I, I put it there, and the amazing people uh, from the from the the forums um, have actually turned it into a functional wiki that is really great. Like we use it, uh, Graham and I use it all the time when we're actually like, like it's like when was it like the last time we you know that was the last time I died. What was the last time? Was it nine or ten? And the wiki tells us it's very handy. Um, Cheetus asks, Major Dr. Paul, if you could make any one magic card and have it be an M13 or a future set, what card would you make? Hmm. I'm inclined to say kobolds again. <laughs> like, just <laughs> kobolds on the set. But in terms of actually, like, a card that I think... It would be interesting to do a reprint of a card that is like I there like because there's the um the the magic reserved list like there's a certain a chunk of magic cards from early the early sets that they cannot print again um, for various legal reasons like they actually they're not legal reasons but they they made a, a commitment to collectors that they will not print these cards again so that they their cards don't decrease in value um, and that's that's caused some problems in the thing like there's stuff like like all the multi lands are now impossible to get and are really expensive and you need all the multi lands and you need multi lands in order to be in order to have like a uh, a competitive um, legacy deck and so it immediately jumps the price of a whole bunch of cards a whole bunch of decks way up unnecessarily like they aren't that like it's a good card but there's no reason why they like they could very easily reprint them if it wasn't for the reserve list so stuff like some sort of utility stuff like that or like force of will or stuff like that that is that is just driving up the price of magic ridiculously um for no real like gameplay reason uh i think would be good to reprint um what card in the current block do you definitely not want to see in M13? Hmm. The current, like I guess in the current M12 block? Ugh. I don't know stuff well enough. The rumor currently is that the Titans won't be in M13, um, which I'm just as happy with. The Titans are kind of boring, I find. Um, they're just kind of the... They're, they're sort of the final... Uh, the they're, they're the end end result of any game uh, like of any deck basically it's like if you're playing white okay you put the sun titans in if you're playing green okay you put primeval titans in they're like they're like the end game of basically any any deck in whatever color they are which is just kind of boring so whenever there's anything sort of homogenous like that I, I it's more fun for me um, mostly as a spectator but also as a player to sort of switch it up and so so that you have more you know, that you have more things that are not necessarily always good, but good in specific circumstances. Have you traveled much? Uh, sorry, uh, Lacking Sanity asks, have you traveled much? Um, not that much. I've traveled around the U.S. a fair amount, just to conventions and stuff, um, and I've traveled around myself a little bit down the West Coast. Um, but I have never actually been off, basically off this continent. I've been to Hawaii, but I haven't been off to to Europe or Asia or uh, uh, or Africa or anywhere 
on a different uh, a different different continent, which I would really like to go, like I'd love to go to to Europe or or go to uh, to you know somewhere totally different and sort of get a different um, a different whole experience. Um, so I mean, where have I been? I've been to I don't know maybe about half the states, probably less than that. I've been to quite a few places. Sometimes just like flyovers, but I've been through a lot of different places in the states and uh, uh, in Canada as well. I've been to you know Toronto and all that stuff. I haven't really been to Quebec, which I definitely like to go to Quebec and Montreal um, and to the Maritimes. Um, and then where would I like to go? So I'd like to go to you know Europe and stuff. I remember I was it stuck in my mind that. Um, when I was in high school, I took a uh, German class. Uh, I was doing German, and one day, just at, like the end of the year or something, they showed us this like uh, tourist film of uh, uh, I think it was like it was I think it was Germany, uh, and it just was like it was a tourist film, right? But it, it looked really neat, you know, it looked really neat and really fun. And they were doing this thing where they take giant wheels of cheese and cut them in half and then toast them on the fire. They like toast the front on the fire and then scrape off the melted cheese with a big knife and put it on bread and eat it. And I was like, that is what I want to do. That is where I want to be. So I always remember that. So I definitely like to do that at some point. Ah. The architect uh, asks, assuming price is no object, what three people would you recruit to join Loading Ray Run for acting and or writing skills? I think acting skills would be the more thing I would recruit for because I mean writing skills like you can imagine recruiting all sorts of great sort of writers from you know Saturday Night Live and you know Tina Fey or or uh, 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 Jack Handy or you know some of the great great sketch writers um, but but then it wouldn't really be Loading Ready Run right it would be uh, it would be their sketch thing <laughs> um, so I think. Actors, I mean, it would be fun to get, you know, the various people we've mentioned things. Edward James Olmos would be fun. Ian McShane would be fun. I like, I like the idea of, like, these really serious actors uh, who often, you know, usually play very uh, uh, very serious, very dour parts being in something like your own would do. Um, Bruce Campbell would also be super fun to have in something. I don't know. Uh... Patrick Stewart also would be good. Ian McKellen, for that matter. Actually, Ian McKellen, definitely. Um, all right, Elman Shaw asks, uh, Dear Paul, what media would you like to see make more of an appearance in LRR videos? CGI, animation, stop motion? Probably CGI or animation. Stop motion is entirely too much work. Um, I can definitely, like, we've had, like, animation could be very interesting. Like, we've had some, we've kicked around ideas that, you know, there are certain things that we just that we can't really do for various technical reasons. You know, just it's hard to set up sort of various fantastical things, and so uh, that would be better done in animation. Um, and uh, so that would definitely want to do that more. I mean, we don't really have the uh, capability to do that at the moment, but um, it's something that we would definitely be interested in doing at some point. Uh, dear Paul, uh, 
GCAT50 asks, Dear Paul, do you prefer writing or screen time when it comes to sketches? And what part of the process are you most comfortable with if it's different from above? Um, oh, right. Uh, I think I'm definitely more comfortable writing. Um, like, I, I've always considered myself to be a writer who performs in things because I'm just around and I know how to do it and stuff. Um, like, I don't really consider myself to be an actor as such, um, in the sense that, like, I would consider an actor to be somebody who actually plays parts, I guess, right? Whereas it may not be, as I'm sure is obvious from, from watching, but basically everybody I play on Loading Ready Run or on Unskippable or Feed Dump, for that matter, or uh, Checkpoint is basically me, right? It's just sort of slightly, slight sort of variations of sort of more amped up or, or more excited or, or a little bit different. But I'm basically just playing me. Like, I'm not playing things that are radically different from how I do, which is, to me, an actor is really someone who, like, gets into the role and is really, really sort of understanding what that role, the person in that, you know, in that character is going through and putting that into their performance, which is not what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I write the script, you know, I, and, but I do like writing scripts a lot, so that is more what I would consider to be my strength. Uh, Gap Filler asks, "What kind of awesome did you get up to when the crew was swanning off to Pax or Calgary without you?" Uh, not too much. Got caught up in a lot of work that I had to do. Not really that exciting. I get to do awesome stuff like this, which is cool. Maybe I'll do another one some other time when people are swanning off. If people like this, um, and yeah, mostly uh, just getting yeah caught up on some work and some relaxing and uh yeah keeping track of stuff while the rest of the crew is away you know making sure the site is updated properly and nothing is messing up too much because often when they're away they're uh they're, they don't have internet access so they can't do any moderation stuff so i make sure things are reasonably in order and update the site and that kind of stuff uh do you think your brother dan will ever make it into a video Possibly. He was almost in a video once, um, but we just didn't end up being able to film it. Uh, and he is around, like, he's currently uh, uh, living um, back east. Uh, but he comes into town sort of for Christmas and stuff, so maybe he'll show up. I mean, he, he did write, he wrote that one video, um, the uh, uh, Bomb in the Brain one, I forget what it actually is called. Something on the Brain, I think. Uh, and then, and he did the the podcast for that, or he did a little bit for the podcast for that. But we, yeah, he, I, he's a, he's a huge, uh, he's a big, actually a big comedy nerd. He, uh, he's, well, we, we, whenever we talk on the phone or anything, we're always talking about various uh, stand-up comedy things that he's seen or cool sketch comedy that has happened and stuff. So it's entirely possible that he'll show up in something. Uh, assuming this live malarkey is working out, do you see it continuing as a spiritual, spiritual inside the moon successor? Um, yeah, not really. It's a little different deal, I guess. Uh, if we keep doing it more, then maybe we'll have to actually like make a name for it. But at this point, it's just what it is. I think my chat has, unless everyone's being very quiet, 
I think my chat has stopped. I'm not been terribly impressed with the Ustream with the uh, Twitch TV chat. I gotta say, no offense to Twitch TV, their service is very good. Chat, not so much. And looks like we're coming out to the end here. All right, what we got? Underscore un. Actually, actually I really like this. Under underscore score asks. Uh, hmm, looks like I'm going to miss this, so I'll just ask my question here. Uh, are you guys going to do loading times for unskippables and checkpoint? Uh, yes, definitely, we are. Um, that's always been a plan. Um, uh, probably the same as with the um, uh, the one for feed dump when the video uh, that we did that week is one that either Ray wasn't involved with or that we did uh, or doesn't have anything particularly interesting behind the scenes stuff. Uh, then yeah yeah we'll definitely do uh, we'll definitely want to do um, behind the scenes stuff for unskippable uh, and um, and checkpoint and basically anything else if there's some way we could do behind the scenes for loading time we would we love behind the scenes stuff <laughs> what has been the creepiest question asked for ask Paul live <laughs> um the questions haven't been that creepy disappointed in the lack of creepiness. No, actually I've been very happy with the lack of creepiness. What is the awesomest thing I know how to do? I.e. E.G. breathe fire and ride motorcycles. I do not know how to do that. Um, what awesome things can I do? I can do a full lotus position. Like, wait, wait, wait. Back up here. Like that, fairly easily. I guess that's a thing. So, I don't know. I think that maybe is slightly unique. I think that I kind of have flexibility in that regard. Boom. And then I can like walk around on my knees and stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's like neat, but um, yeah, I don't know. The awesomest thing I know how to do is loading ready run. I know how to make cool videos. And hey, that was the last question. And uh, that was what, two hours? <laughs> All right. So um, I was going to take questions from the chat now for a little bit longer, but my chat isn't loading, which makes me super sad. Let me just reload it again. But, uh, yeah, maybe I will see if there's anybody who wants to talk to me on Twitter. Sorry, guys. Uh, if you are all yelling at me on the chat, I apologize. But, uh, I don't know, like, at reply the, um, or, or, or at reply the, the Loading Way Run um, Twitter account, maybe we'll do it that way. Just do a little bit, and then, um, or maybe like, yeah, I think I guess that reply makes the most sense. Maybe like hashtag Ask Paul, something like that. Yeah, let's do that. At reply, loading ready run with the hashtag Ask Paul and your question, and I will attempt to answer it. And if no none come in still, then that will be it for today. But let's just give this a sec.
I just have to figure out how to read at replies. See, I don't use Twitter, sorry. <laughs> uh, wait, I can probably do it from here. Not the most exciting bitch. Actually, I'm being dumb. I will unlock the form thread because that is something that I can do. Uh, yeah, let's do that. And then we'll give it uh, a few minutes, and then where is it? All right, I have unlocked that form thread now. Um, so hopefully, more questions come in. Uh, I'll give it like five minutes or so, and we'll see what we can do. And uh, if it's not, then it's not. So, how is your Saturday going? You can see how bright it is back there. Actually, I think we showed this on a uh, on a podcast, but this is what's right beside me here. This is from uh, Fun with Microwaves. This is this is a laser disc that we uh, that we, we put a coffee cup inside it and uh, or a, a glass inside it and then it just melted around it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Elman Shaw asked that you did uh, oh so. People are asking questions again now. Uh, did you test uh, the Dark Star one I sent you? We have not got a chance to do that yet. Um, we are uh, we we definitely want to check that though, but it may not work because it's I think it's a PAL one rather than NTSC, so we'll have to check it. Um, have you recorded the entire Ask Paul? I think I have. I don't know how this works. I think Twitch TV does it automatically. I hope. Man, that chat is still loading. Um, oh. All right, well, let's see what other people have asked. Yeah, unfortunately, the chat on thing. Okay, so this land, wait, land sorty thing. Yeah, it's very cool, eh? Uh, unfortunately, it is. I don't think they are publicly available. We have we have connections, but it is pretty awesome, isn't it? 
So I'm just going to reload, I guess, is the answer to that question. What question, uh, <laughs> Peeks asks, what question would you ask yourself? Why am I so awesome? And the answer is, I don't know. It's a mystery. Why am I so awesome? Scholars will have to investigate it from years for years to come. Because, of course, there will be extensive historical records of my existence because of my aforementioned awesomeness. Add134 asks, have you ever done something so stupid that you had to pause for a second just to comprehend the ridiculousness of what you just did? Loading rate run in, makes us, we do, we end up doing like silly things. And every once in a while you get like these, these kind of like moments where you're like, this is like, I, I remember when we, um, we were doing the like, I think ways to hide a body and it's one of them was like eat it. And so I was sitting there because I was the dead body, of course. And so I was sitting there uh, on the table, in the middle of the table with like an apple in my mouth. And the other guys were like had a knife and fork. And it, it was just one of those moments that always struck me as like, this is a really weird thing we do. <laughs> like, this is what we do. This is how make a living. It's very weird. <laughs> ever done something so awesome you had to pause for a second just to comprehend the brilliance of what you just did? Uh, not that I can think of. This was a pretty awesome idea during this live chat. But uh, uh, can't think of anything offhand, sorry. Gapfiller asks, uh, what is what is at this point more likely? Another loading ready live-esque live show or footage from the original LRL seeing the light of day? Both of those are not likely. Um, probably a live sh us like well, maybe not a live show, but like us doing something live would be more likely, but still not that likely. <laughs> but that's probably more likely. Uh, I think the footage for the original Loading Ray Live is out there, it, like is is around, like we've got it. But unfortunately, it was just the quality was really bad for a variety of reasons. So it was very disappointing. Zombie uprising or robot or zombie apocalypse or robot uprising, which is worse? I gotta say, robot uprising or I. I gotta say, zombie apocalypse is probably worse. At least with Robot Uprising, it's clean. Like, it's efficient. You're still going to get killed, right? I mean, you're going to get killed either way. Well, a zombie, you're going to be like... It's like nasty, right? Which, I think it's much better to have it at least clean. Um, which you'd fare better in? Probably the Robot Uprising. Maybe I could make myself useful to robots in some way. Whereas zombies, you can't actually, like, interact with at all. And again, I feel like the robots would at least be efficient in killing you. Well, do you need more water? I do. I'm out of water. I may have to leave you guys for a second and get more water. 
If you could be the inventor of any invention, or Kaboom242 is asking this. If you could be the inventor of any invention, what would it be? Um, like a, an old invention? And, you know, something that people use all the time would be useful, I guess. Would be good to, to be the inventor of. Get a bunch of money out, you know. I think they, they typically is like post-it notes. <laughs> or like the glue for post-it notes. Um, but, uh, what would I want to be inventor of? The telephone would be pretty cool. Like, actually inventing the, the like, Hey, hey, is your refrigerator running? Ah, you should go catch it. Click, like, be the first one to do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> what is your favorite science fiction? Would you, would you like to like, would you like to like in that world? I guess, would you like to be in that world? Um, I actually really like um, the, the culture books by Ian M. Banks. Um, they are really neat. Like they're they're a depiction, a sort of utopian depiction of the future that seems realistic, at least to me. Not, I mean, not realistic in the sense that it actually will ha happen anytime soon. But it it seems like something sort of plausible. And I like the the way like the sort of interaction between artificial intelligence and people. That it's actually like artificial intelligences um, are, aren't they aren't, aren't like subservient, but they are they considered part of their uh, job, I guess, to take care of people because people basically suck. I mean, in comparison to artificial intelligences. But also, and also that, like, people have all this, like, they can, um, you know, they can, uh, like, basically make themselves feel the effects of any drug they want. They can, like, change their gender. They can make themselves skinny or fat or, you know, they, they have complete control over their own bodies, which is another sort of utopian thing that I think is very cool. And holy crap, there's a bunch more questions. I'm going to have to lock this. Okay. I think I'm going to have to lock this thread again, and then we'll probably be done. It's, I'm going to go completely hoarse if we keep going for too much longer. <laughs> holy crap. Thanks, you. Thank you, uh, people, for... Apparently, lots of people want to ask questions. That's really cool. But uh, let's lock this thread again. You guys could have asked questions earlier. Okay. Um... So yes, the Ian e M. Banks culture series, uh, the player of games, consider Phlebas, look to windward. Um, Extension, accession, um, they're all really good. I highly recommend them, and they're neat. They're they're really neat, sort of space opera y, but um, but not sort of the Star Wars kind of space. Like it, I feel like it's a little, maybe a little more grounded in real. I don't know why I think it's more grounded in reality, but it feels more real to me. And I would definitely like to live in that world. It seems like a really neat... I mean, obviously they have their problems in order to make conflict in the books, but it seems like a really neat world. Is there a possibility of a live... Uh, JMU91 asks, Is there a possibility of a live stream commander game between the crew at any time? That would be awesome to watch. Possibly. It would also be really long. Like, our commander games can go, like, four hours. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to, well, I, I don't know. Some of you probably want to see that, but Commander is dangerous. It can go on way too long. Does LRR have a lot of Starstruck fans? 
Um, LRR Watcher 5 asks, does LRR have a lot of Starstruck fans, any memorable ones, especially at cons? Um, I think there are, there are some. I mean, of course, it's always ridiculous to ask when people are sort of Starstruck, because <laughs> we don't really consider our... It, it's hard to sort of consider yourself famous in that way, right? Um, you know, we're sort of... We're known in a, an extremely narrow group of people. You know, we are sort of internet famous within a certain group. Um, and so it doesn't come up that often, but like at conventions and stuff, we get recognized, and that's, that's, that's cool. Weirdest one... Actually, my favorite being recognized is actually here in Victoria. Somebody I don't know, I was walking down the street, and somebody goes, Hey, Paul, I like your movies. Like, it's like an insult. Like, they're, like, making fun of me. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. <laughs> uh, it was a very weird experience. Um... DR Industry asked, how does it make you feel that I stop that I stop watching you to watch you? I stop watching the, the live or the the our videos to watch the live feed or the other way around. Uh, that's really cool. Thank you for watching our stuff. Thank you for watching this live feed. Uh, Noja asks, uh, do you consider yourself to be more of a writer than an actor if you consider writing scripts for submissions to other shows other than LRR? Um, I definitely consider myself to be more of a writer, as I've mentioned before. I, I have not really wanted to submit stuff to other shows. The script is really hard. Like, a script takes a lot of work to do. And so I want to, you know, if I make, if I write a script, I want to use it. <laughs> you know, I want to get some value for Loading Ready to Run out of it. That's, that's just a no-brainer. Uh, so, you know, I, if, if I spend the effort to write some, uh, a script, then I definitely want to use it for Loading Ready Run. I'm just going to try and reload the chat here again, but it doesn't look like it's working. <sighs> Sigh. XS, as a web developer, do you feel the need to urge to fix Twitch's chat and send them a bill? I don't know what needs to be done to fix their chat. Um, I'm afraid it's a little bit beyond my my web development knowledge. I'm more of a uh, front-end guy um, and sort of, you know, you can do some sort of database stuff and things, but they appear to be using some sort of HTML5 system, which I mean, which must mean they're using some sort of fancy JavaScript sockets, Ajax thingamajiggy, if I just put enough buzzwords in there, uh, um, which uh, is beyond my capabilities in terms of stuff. I just know when it doesn't work. See, what I do is rather than making one, I try to find like an off-the-shelf one that's sort of already proven to work. Um, so, yeah. Or like use IRC or something. Uh, Dr. Bird asks, would it help if I started asking creepy questions? <laughs> no, that would not be helpful. Do not do that. Also, given this current 8 a.m. here, what is the earliest time you've had to wake up or what is the most ungodly situation you've been in for an LR video? Um, well, I mean, I have to get up really early for, like, plane flights, like, at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, for an LRR video, we had to get up at, like, we had to get, like, start shooting at, like, 6 a.m. one time, because we were shooting in a place, uh, before it was open, uh, and so we had to get up super early. That was extremely unpleasant. 
um, for uh, for desert bus, as I've mentioned previously, um, I tend to uh, take the early shift for desert bus, and so I will um, uh, and so I, I will want to get here at six, which usually means I want to get up at like five. So that is earlier than I would like. I tend to be more, I'm more of an early riser than Graham is. Um, Graham is very much a, uh, a night owl, but uh, I'm a little bit of an early, I, I'm definitely an earlier riser, riser than he is, but not 5 a.m. Um, Kapoor asks, when it comes down to it, how much do you love your job? I do, I, I do like my job. You know, it's got, like any, it is a job, you know, like any, any job, it's got good stuff and bad stuff, but on the whole, I think I'm really lucky to have uh, Loading Radio Run as my job. How has LRR changed your life for better or for worse? I mean, it's completely changed my life. It's, I'm, I'm doing something, you know, that I never would have even thought would be possible to do as a job when I was, like, in high school or, you know, when I was first looking for jobs. It didn't even really occur to me that this could be a job. Um, that I can just be sort of making funny videos on the internet. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's totally changed the course of my life. Um, for better, I think. <laughs> I hope. Can I have a cookie? Sure, you can have a cookie. You have my permission to have a cookie. I don't have any cookies to give to you, and I couldn't give them to you even if I did, but you have my permission to have a cookie for where, wherever you are. Everyone want to do another full season of Commodore Hustle? Not really. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy with actually the way Commodore Hustle is now, with the kind of loose, what we, I think we have to actually sort of internally call it kind of loose con continuity where stuff, some stuff is, you know, uh, things that like people that leave or people that come or things that have happened in an episode have happened like in in subsequent episodes they've happened like when Graham and Matt move out or whatever but there isn't a there isn't like a plot that's going on um, and I think that's probably the best way of doing it um, it allows us to concentrate more on the jokes and make sure that it's funny rather than the plot stuff which I think with the first season of Commodore Hustle especially near the end we got into a little bit of trouble where we were actually just trying to actually you know make the plot work and make sense um, before we were actually making it funny, which is not so good. Um, should you stop asking so many questions? Eh, whatever. Well, I think I've locked it down now, but... Do you know it takes about 30 seconds to sign up for the forum? I did not know that. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I mean... And the problem with is, of course, that you want it to be as easy as, as possible for people to sign up for the forum so they can talk and they aren't... Aren't, and they aren't turned off by not being able to access it. But then, of course, spammers come and ruin everything. Really, if it wasn't for spammers, you know how much better the internet would be? Ugh. And, like, how much... Not only, like, something like 99% of all email is spam, right? And all the bandwidth that's wasted on the internet because of spam. But all the manpower and really smart people that are working on, instead of working on interesting projects, they're working on ways to stop spam, you know, having to fight the spammers. It's just terrible. Um, 
J. Blanc asks, uh, which specific sketches influenced you to write sketch comedy? Specific sketches? Um, I mean, I'm, you know, there's lots of sketch comedy shows that I'm a big fan of. Um, specific sketches definitely had influence on specific sketches that I've written. Um, there's a bit that, uh, that, um, a bit of Fry and Laurie, that Hugh Laurie did on a bit of Fry and Laurie, where he's sort of, he's like sitting in his car and just sort of talking to the camera about like his girlfriend or some his girlfriends. Um, and it's just sort of a monologue that, that ends up being ridiculous, but that was definitely one of the influences for like uh, for the the whole story kind of stuff, and so there's definitely influences in and and even not sort of direct influences, but like I'll be watched because I watch a lot of sketch comedy just because I'm a fan of it in general, and so you'll watch that and you'll be like, oh, that's kind of an interesting thing they did there. The idea that you could you know that that's a cool way of doing of of ending a sketch or that's a cool way of of getting to the point in a sketch or a good way of presenting that idea I will keep that in the back of my mind and maybe some other time when I'm running into a uh, when I run into a, a break you know a problem with a sketch I'll remember that and be like ah maybe I can adapt something like that to use in this situation um, Gapfiller also asks, who out of the crew and their associates is the hammiest performance and the cheesiest performance? A hammiest? Well, like if you were going for a hammy performance, you have to, you would have to go with Andy, right? Like, Andy is the only one who's actually like, like I said, you know, previously that I'm not actually like an actor as such. Andy is actually an actor. Like he actually plays characters. And so he, um, and so he, you know, he doesn't have to be hammy, but I believe I'm pretty sure he could he could turn in an extremely hammy performance, especially because he's, he's got a lot of stage acting experience. So and it tends to be sort of bigger and hammier. The cheesiest performance. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what cheesy means in relation to hammy, but. I think Graham could be pretty cheesy if you wanted to. And I mean that not like, I mean hammy and cheesy and not as an insult, but like, if I was going for a cheesy performance, this is the person that I would go. Yeah. It's the best Barlin Brando impression. I don't know. Godfather impression? Not me, that's for sure. Graham, probably. He's pretty good. He's not too bad at impressions. I, I'm a big fan, I mean, as you see at Desert Bus, but I'm a big fan of his Billy Mays. Which is entirely different from Marlon Brando. Who does the best camp lisp? I don't know. Maybe Graham? Maybe. Maybe Matt? I don't know. We don't really do that sort of. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm personally not a big fan of that sort of, that sort of camp lisp thing. Uh, as sort of a. a camp homosexual uh, thing. I, just, I don't find it that funny. Who's the biggest prima donna? Mm. Um, I mean, part of the reason why Learning Ready Run works is that nobody is really that prima donna-y. 
um, you know, we are the thing is like because we're we're you know we're friends as well as like we hang out a lot when we're not actually shooting the Ray Run stuff, and so I think that I think that like and the whole the only reason why we can be friends is that we aren't really that prima donna-ish. Um, in the past, Jarrah has been kind of prima donna-ish, but uh, that was more when when like a long time in the past that you know when we were in high school and stuff. Um, but uh, uh, he's he's not that way anymore. But uh, no, I don't think anybody's really a prima donna. Who's the hardest, hardest time staying on topic? Ugh. King. I have trouble staying on topic. Matt has trouble staying on topic, actually. But if we're talking about video games. Um, well, Matt will actually can stay on topic, but he tends to be very circuitous, circuitous in his route and talking about a topic, which can be kind of annoying. Or kind of, wait, if you're t- time crunched in a podcast, it can be a little bit. Um, but uh, Graham and I are very, um, both of us are very, uh, uh, very distractible off topic. Like whenever we do, if we do stuff, like, I mean, we did a podcast a little while ago, it was just the two of us. Um, but yeah, whenever we do anything that's just the two of us, and we've done like other people's podcasts and stuff, we go way off topic. People don't sort of ring us in a little bit. Your favorite or most memorable D&D or other pen and paper? All right, the architect asks, tell us about your favorite or most memorable D&D or other pen and paper RPG character. I know about my favorite, but I always remember that I just think about abandoned RPGs. I, I, I played in a game of um, Vampire the Masquerade, not the like LARPing version, but just the, the tabletop version. And we played, you know, we, we played for a couple sessions and stuff, and I was going, okay, quite, it's the only time I've actually played that set, that, that um, series, and it's quite interesting. Um, but my guy was like, I was uh, a Ventru vampire, which is like the more um, sophisticated, um, sort of uh, talking kind of vampire, right? I was, I was like the talker guy. And so, and so, and so we, we get into this, where we're going to this like secret meeting in like the sewers and we have like you know the, our, our party is like five people and there's like a couple of big bruiser guys and like a magic guy or something I forget what little thing is and then, and then me and there there's like a meet we're going to a meeting and so we have to do like negotiations with these guys and we're only like we can only have one person they like you know who's going to do the negotiations and I'm like well I'm the talkie guy I guess I go in and so I go in and the door closes and it suddenly goes totally quiet, which, like, as in, it's not just no one's talking, as in nothing can make noise, because somebody has cast a spell that completely eliminates all the noise in the area. It's like quietus, I think it's called, or something. Uh, and I realized that I'm in this, like, little teeny room with no seat, like, I can't, no, I don't know where the ceiling is, it's, like, completely pitch black. And I don't know where the ceiling is. Like, the ceiling is really, really high. And, you know, we find that it's like, it's gone, the, the, the DM or the storyteller or whatever says, it's just, it's gone totally quiet. And then one of the other players who had actually played 
vampire before was like, oh crap, because he knew what the spell was and knew that the only person, the only people who can cast this particular spell, or or at least he felt he he thought anybody, the only person who cast a particular spell was very dangerous. And my guy, who is like the the diplomatic guy, not the fighter, is like in there, and he look he's like looking up and has like two little pistols and looking up into the sky and looking around, and that's where we ended the session. So that's the end. Like that's and then we never played again. <laughs> so in my and you know we we sort of moved off into other stuff. And so in my mind, that guy is still there, <laughs> abandoned. <laughs> Not able to warn the other people because of this quiet thing, and <laughs> scared. I feel kind of bad about it. Um, Cranstick for last question. I think oh, this will be the last question. I haven't really got a chance to check Twitter, but I think this will be good. We're coming up to uh, two and a half hours long, so that's entirely entirely too much. Um, Lottery Ray Run produces a lot of web content uh, and there aren't are there any ongoing non LRR web based video series that you myself Paul uh, or any web content that I follow regularly or any web content that you wish there was more of there are a couple of series I actually follow quite well I don't know about series but there are a couple of like sort of shows I follow um, I quite like um, uh, dorkly.com which is they do it sort of specifically video game related stuff and it's often sort of Pixel pixel art type stuff, but they uh, they have quite a lot of quite funny stuff on there. I usually check them pretty regularly. Um, I they don't update very much anymore, but I really like old English, uh, old oldie English, oldie English uh, dot org. Um, they don't really update that much anymore, but they are really uh, I, I really love a lot. You should if you haven't seen their stuff, um, go to uh, old E and then English uh, dot org and uh, check out all their old stuff. They they have some really really funny sketches. Um, I mean pure ownage. I like a lot. Um, I like some of the other guys in the Escapist too. Uh, I'm I'm still a big fan of Zero Punctuation. Um, I really I quite like uh, the Big Picture, um, the Movie Bob sort of non movie related show. I find all fascinating all the sort of random info about. Uh, about different comic books and movies and stuff, or, and uh, you know books and just random continuity stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's. But I mean, most of my, a lot of my video on the internet watching is from like aggregator sites like Devour.com. It's a great site for that. Um, we'll just sort of take all the you know find all the funny things and put them together. Um, and so there aren't that many ones that I like go to consistently all the time um college humor often has funny stuff it's a little bit miss but i quite like it uh, i quite like a lot of their stuff especially some of their music videos are really good um yeah some examples so whew, there we go uh apologies if you were on the chat and trying to ask me a question or if you were twittering and tried to ask me a question but um uh, the chat won't load, and uh, the Twitter, uh, I, um, uh, I, it works better for me to take it off the uh, off the forums, and that's just probably enough. Because again, like I said, we're at two hours, two and a half hours now. Ugh, far too much. So I should do another one of these tomorrow, and then I'll be like, Hey guys, how's it going? 
too much talking. Uh, normally in a podcast, it like switches off between people and stuff. But anyway, thank you, thank you guys very much, everybody who uh, stayed to the end. Let me see here. According to here, 95 people, 96 people. Ha! Uh, so thank you for all the people who stayed and watched this, and uh, I hope that uh, it was enjoyable for you, and uh, I hope it uh, you know gave you some insight into stuff and tidied you over into uh, uh, when next time we can actually do a real podcast, which will hopefully be next weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, so see you guys later.